healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well by a Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas, and today I'm joined by Dr. Kevin Lopez and Dr. Naima Ali to talk about obesity. Dr. Lopez serves as medical director of the ValleyWise Health Family Medicine Clinic, and he's also board certified in family medicine and obesity medicine. Meanwhile, Dr. Ali currently serves uh, practices obstetrics and surgical gynecology at ValleyWise Community Health Center, South Phoenix. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you for having us. So you both have a fairly new obesity clinic at different ValleyWise Health locations. According to the CDC, obesity affects over 90 million adults in the United States and over 13 million children. What's your reaction when you hear those numbers? It's uh, overwhelming and difficult and challenging. But at the same time, it's not really surprising given what we know. And so kind of those were partially the reasons that I also went into obesity medicine because I felt like, especially within women's health, there was this void, there was a gap in in care really and addressing really the issues of weight, overweight and obesity well before somebody got pregnant or before somebody had problems. So um, these are, you know, really it's a really big problem and it definitely affects our patients and we're hoping to make a dent in that. Absolutely. Well, let's dive deep into obesity. First of all, what is it? How do you explain obesity? There are so many definitions of obesity out there, but but a simple one is um, just the excessive accumulation of fat cells and that are on the body. Now, is the fat because of fat is the fat because of sugar you know it's a combination platter of that Um, and that's why you know diet is important um, as well as uh, physical activity so we all know i mean if you if you don't ever exercise if you eat junk food all the time that can lead to weight gain but are there some misconceptions about what causes obesity Sure, diet um, plays a big role and lack of physical activity does play a big role. But there are other causes, um, and especially when you know patients come to see an obesity medicine specialist, they can go over all of uh, a patient's, you know, medical history, family history, what medications that they're taking that might be contributing to uh, their weight gain. Um, You know, certain genetic diseases can play a role. But for the most part, uh, diet and lack of physical activity are big contributors. Does genetics have anything to do with it? I feel like sometimes I'll see someone who eats whatever they want and yet they're they're still thin. Whereas sure. some people are trying really hard and yet they can't seem to lose the weight. Sure, you're you're absolutely right. You know, metabolic differences and genetic differences do play a role and sometimes they can play a big role in it. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you know, when you see that somebody may not be struggling with their weight, it doesn't mean that, you know, two years from now, if they continue down that same trajectory, that things are going to look exactly the same. Um, Part of their genetics might be 
how their body responds to hormones differently. And I'll use the hormone uh, insulin, for example. So we all know that um, insulin resistance is the first part um, that can lead to prediabetes, which then leads to diabetes. Um, the more resistant you become, the more difficult it is for your body to manage control of your sugars. And if you have difficulty doing that, then you land out storing the sugars into fat, which then leads to obesity. Mm -hmm. For those of you just tuning in, we are talking with Drs. Kevin Lopez and Dr. Naima Ali about obesity. By the way, you can make an appointment with Dr. Ali and Dr. Lopez um, if you are concerned or know someone who is uh, concerned or wants to take action on obesity by visiting our website, valleywisehealth.org, and clicking on the book appointment button. Or you can call us Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at one 833 855-9973. So Dr. Lopez, when we first started, you mentioned a few of the complications that can come from obesity. A lot of us just think about the superficial aspect of it and the way, you know, people appear and wanting to look better. But what are some of the health effects of um, carrying that extra weight? Like we talked about, you know, the pre-diabetes, the diabetes, which then sets off a cascade of other events that can happen in the body. Um, excess weight can cause um, wear and tear on the joints um, and the bones. So sometimes people's arthritis will get worse. Uh, it can worsen um, leg swelling, um, meaning that the, the veins and the legs will have difficulty pumping back the blood um, up through the body because they have the excess uh, weight on them. Um, you can also have increased uh, snoring, which also you could have uh, sleep apnea, which then is not good for your heart, not good for your blood pressure. Um, those are just some other yeah. effects. In women's health, over overweight and obesity can cause you know, a whole host of problems. Patients that are experiencing infertility, uh, sometimes it can be due to uh, obesity, um, irregular cycles, um, complications during pregnancy, gestational hypertension, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. These are all complications that can occur if a patient is overweight or obese during their pregnancy. Um, kind of abnormal bleeding as women enter into menopause. This can also be a contributing factor. And so as a women's health provider, we can really get ahead or at least mitigate some of these problems that we see um, within the reproductive lifespan of a woman if we are able to help um, encourage a healthier weight and lifestyle. Absolutely. So let's talk about that because the obesity clinic at Valleywise Health, how is it different from some of those other popular weight loss programs that anyone from the public can just walk in off the street and sign up and get a pill or shots or whatever? How How is it different what you guys are doing? So I think from, from my perspective is, first of all, we take um, the patient where they are and we get a thorough history, we see what are all the contributing factors. Like Dr. Ali mentioned earlier on in the interview, there, there are many different things that can contribute to it. So we take into account those issues, and it's not really um, a gunshot approach as to we're going to do this one thing for everybody. 
um, I, I think what, what we like to do is we adjust it to the particular patient um, and we have close follow-up. And I, I think we really focus on how doing this prevents um, the exacerbation or the realization of further d- disease states. That makes sense. And I think I, I like to look at it as a, a chair approach. Um, so you have obesity right here, but it's affected by the four legs of a chair. So the first leg is... Um, the biological component, you know, the genetic component, you know, is there something that we can do medication-wise that will help kind of tweak the the body? Okay, number two, there's the nutritional component. So we talk with our patients about, you know, if there's one thing you can change, what do you think that is? Is it avoiding, you know, soda? Is that one simple thing you could do that can make a drastic difference? Then the third leg of the chair is um, physical activity. So you may not be able to go run every day. You may not be able to jog. But can you do, um, you know, a few laps around the neighborhood or walking to the mailbox? Or what's something different that you're not doing right now? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it getting up between... Um, TV shows and commercials and just doing some movement? Is it um, doing different yard work or activities around the house? What works for you that you enjoy doing? Because if you don't enjoy doing it, you're not going to do it. Right. And then the fourth leg um, on the chair, I like to think of it as the behavioral emotional component to it. Um, Because sometimes, you know, we we can eat um, if if it's a reaction to an emotional situation, and there's research out there that shows that eating certain things can sometimes exacerbate that cycle. Um, for example, um, a box of cookies. If if you start eating the box of cookies, um, you feel a little bit better, but then your sugar um, levels go up and down, up and down. And so when they go back down, you're going to crave more of those sh- cookies. And so you kind of start cycle. creating that vicious cycle. Right. And so if we can get to the point of, okay, what's causing you to feel that um, there's an emotional eating component, let's stop that in the tracks and let's address that so that then we don't start this vicious cycle, which then creates other problems for that the body. That makes sense. So for those of you just tuning in, we are speaking with Dr. Kevin Lopez and Dr. Naima Ali about obesity. And I actually want to bring uh, our audio producer, Chencho, in on this conversation because we were chatting about this earlier. And um, <clears throat> I know somebody who doesn't seem obese to me. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but just to to look at them, they don't seem obese. But they were telling me that at the gym, according to the BMI chart, they are technically obese. And Chencho, didn't you have a similar situation? I did. I'm not a big guy, I wouldn't say. I'm like 5'7", maybe 170. A little soggy around the midsection, I'll admit. <laughs> but uh, I've been to the doctor and I've had a doctor tell me, well, you know, you're technically obese. And I, I said, Come on. Um, so, I mean, how does that happen? How does that work that somebody who seems and looks kind of normal size would be considered 
quote unquote obese? So obesity is measured by something called the body mass index. It's not a perfect system, but it's essentially the best system we have right now. And it's um, a ratio of a person's height to weight. Now, if you are a professional athlete and have a significant amount of muscle mass that's contributing to your weight, that is not taken into account in this body mass index. So essentially, when when I see someone in my clinic, what I want to do is, I, you know, particularly for women's health, I want to see kind of what their goals are, what their what their reproductive plans are, and how we can optimize where they currently are to where they want to be. And while BMI is not a perfect science, it is a proxy by which we can help influence or guide, you know, one's behavior to help them change. So basically, I should listen to my doctor and still. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> um, I, I have a different question. Uh, speaking of women's obesity and that sort of thing, right now we're kind of, or in the last couple of years, we've really kind of been hearing a lot about body positivity, body image positivity. It's okay if I'm big, I still feel beautiful. Is that a hindrance or can that be kind of negatively affect people's health? Um, the more people kind of have that attitude? I, it's kind of a weird question. But. No, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, interesting question. So we definitely don't want to put people off, right? What my goal is particularly is to educate patients on potential complications that they might experience, whether they're looking to conceive, whether they're looking to contracept, regardless of the path that they're going down, I my job is to educate them on what could happen. I want to establish rapport and make sure that they understand where I'm coming from. There is definitely um, a lot of body shaming and negativity out there. And while that potentially could be a hindrance. Our goal or my goal particularly is to really educate people and, you know, educate them on the benefits of a healthy lifestyle and educate them on the benefits to pass this down to their children. Usually when I see, you know, a pregnant patient, they're usually in charge of purchasing groceries for their family, making food decisions for the children, making food decisions for their entire family. If I can make a dent in that, potentially the entire family could have hopefully a better outcome. And sometimes it's hard because um, a lot of the times the fresh food can be more expensive than the fast food. So how does that affect some of the lower income patients that we see? It's a huge problem. And a lot of that is is really out of our control. Things like zoning laws and um, the way that kind of cities are are put together really impact the availability of fresh food and healthy food. Um, and you're absolutely right. Fast food is cheap and fast and available and abundant and um, and addicting and very addicting. That in, like Dr. Lopez was saying, you know, it creates this positive feedback, you know, in the reward centers of the brain, and so it definitely becomes like an addiction. So again, it's not something that we can change overnight, but it is something that we hope to sit down and have the time to educate our patients regarding other options. And in our clinics, particularly um, in South Phoenix, we are working on 
working with uh, groups that have a grant to help provide uh, fresh fruits and vegetables to patients that are eligible for that. Oh, that's great. So what Chancha was saying, how um, we're kind of in this wave of body positivity and um, just accepting yourself for who you are, there's also these outrageous shows out there that we all watch or even we've all heard of, My 600-Pound Life. How accurate is that in the, the obesity crisis? You know, these people are 600, 700 pounds. They're on their deathbed a lot of times. If they don't make a change, um, you know, what percentage of the obesity population is really that severe? I do think that these shows uh, tend to focus on a very small segment of this population. Um, so I, you know, but unfortunately, there is a lot of truth in it. And um, if left unchecked for for years and years, this can definitely occur. So again, um, accurate education is, is kind of my goal for my patients. And a lot of people in these shows... Um end up qualifying for the, the surgery. The la, is it the lap band surgery is what you would call it? There's various forms of bariatric surgery available. So can you explain what that surgery is and how that works? So bariatric surgery uh, is an umbrella term for multiple forms of weight loss surgery. And there's different types depending on, you know, kind of the patient's habitus and the patient's um medical and surgical history. And these are tools that are effective tools for patients that are extremely obese and where they have been unable to find success, uh, long-term success with medical or kind of behavioral changes. Although medical and behavioral changes will still be needed um, while they are planning to undergo and recovering from these bariatric surgery procedures. So in some cases, you do support that surgery? It, it, absolutely. Mm -hmm. If the patient is a candidate and if the patient is um, well-versed on the risks and benefits and indications of the surgery, I will absolutely refer my patients to a bariatric surgeon when indicated. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things that you recommend um, or that you can provide your patients? So for help? me personally, I have um, kind of a pathway that I follow. When I first see a patient, we start with a full history, a physical, and kind of understand what the patient's goals are, understand what they know and what their barriers to care or you know understanding are. Um, we have all of our patients meet with a certified nutritionist, so that way they can make some more informed choices about the things that they and their families are consuming. Um, they will come back and see me on a monthly basis and we track their progress. We give them goals as to what we would like for them to see. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the same for our pregnant patients as well as our non-pregnant patients. And then ultimately, um, you know, there there is a subset of the population that that can be a candidate for FDA-approved weight loss medications. Um, those are again FDA-approved only through a pharmacy, and some patients are uh, appropriate candidates for those, and they can be started on that. And ultimately, if uh, they choose to learn more about various forms of bariatric surgery, then that is something else that is an 
a, another tool for them. Sounds like there's lots of options. There are. There's no one size fits all. So you, you know, you take the patient and you analyze exactly what they're going through and then prescribe accordingly. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about kids for a minute. So before we get to kids, I just wanted to add, um, we also look at, uh, you know, patients' medication list. Um, it's a lot of medications out there. One of the side effects is weight gain. Mm-hmm. And so I think we like Are you to able to mention some of those big um, offenders? Yes, uh, like, uh, you know, g- gabapentin um, is one um, just off the top of my head. There's steroids. different antidepressants. Um, there's different steroids. Uh, and so what we like to do is we know that they're on that medication for a certain reason, um, and we don't say no, we want you to stop taking your antidepressant. But there are antidepressants that are... Um, other options. Other options. So you won't gain the weight, or mm-hmm. it's weight neutral, or you might actually even lose a little bit of weight as a side effect. And, and they so might not even realize that, that sure. they're taking this medication and that's a side effect. Sure. Mm-hmm. So what about kids? Um, you know, like we said, the CDC says over 13 million children are obese in this country. Um, that's got to be emotional because you know about the trajectory of how their life could go if it's not treated. Definitely. Um, you know, if, um, if we can do something to help educate those parents, to help inform those parents about the trajectory that we see, um, kind of from a bird's eye view, um, that is one of our goals. Um, we try to also be um, advocates for our patients. A lot of times, uh, in schools or in you know these neighborhoods, um, they like you had mentioned earlier, the uh, opportunity or the availability of, of healthy and you know healthier fresh foods is is just not as prevalent, and so um, it's multifactorial. It's uh, it's a big problem, but we um, we just try to take it one patient at a time. Do you think stress has anything to do with it? So kids are under so much stress these days. We all are. Does that have a, a an impact on um, weight gain? I think it does. It, it, the stress creates a you know an inflammation response, and it sets off the cascade of hormones in the body, which then affects you know your insulin and your insulin resistance level. And so I do think that stress plays a role in it. And I do think, you know, that lack of sleep, um, you know, at least for kids, they should be getting, you know, nine hours of sleep. And adults, on average, should be getting seven to eight hours of good sleep every night. What are some of the major takeaways uh, for people who are just tuning in? Uh, We're talking about obesity. And as we wrap up, um, for our listeners, what are some of the major takeaways that you would like them to know about obesity and what they can do about it for themselves or their loved ones? When you go to the grocery store, try to shop on the periphery of the grocery store. Um, That's where you'll see, you know, the, the fruits, the vegetables, the more natural foods. You see more of your processed foods in the middle aisles. I know that's difficult. Um, Number two, get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Um, Stay hydrated with water, at least 64 ounces a day. If you don't like the taste of water, squeeze some lemon in it or some type of fruit to give it that flavoring that you want. 
pick an activity that you like to do that will keep you active. Right. Four, try to m- maintain a, you know, mindfulness um, so that, y- you know, your mental health is, is well. So that, y- you know, your mental health is, is well. Absolutely. Well, those are all really good tips. I know I've learned a lot and you have done a ton of research on this. Obviously, Dr. Ali, you have a blog on our website right now, valleywisehealth.org, if you want to learn more. We've touched on everything from energy drinks to diabetes and food poisoning and obesity. So we appreciate you tuning in and we hope to see you next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well Valle Salute a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you've heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There, you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a ValleyWise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.